This is Blockbuster Film School. This is Blockbuster Film School. Welcome to Blockbuster Film School. I am Alex Bonner, joined by, say your name, Nicholas Souter. Yes, and we are the professors, headmasters, gym teachers, lunch ladies of the Blockbuster Film School. We're here Cafeteria to te- employees. That's right. We were trained by video rental services that we were loosely working at. We got paid to work at Blockbuster. I worked there for two years. Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm a glutton for punishment. I mostly worked there just to steal those giant popcorn tubs that they had. And you can't do anything about it, Blockbuster Corporation, because you're gone now. We are doing, this week, horror comedies. It's the ghost of Tim Burton's talent. Where did I go? Into the grave. It's one of my favorite genres. It's one of the more iconic genres. And one of the ones that like people don't really realize when you're talking about it is one of those ones that started literally the beginnings of cinema. It's early on Abbott and Costello. I was reading about how there was a D.W. Griffith film that he made that involved a lot of blackface that was a quote unquote horror comedy, although loose. The uh, prequel to Get Out. (laughs) It may have been based for all I know. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not even going to remember what the name of it is. I don't give a shit. I understand D.W. Griffith was a genius, but he was also a racist and an asshole. So fuck him. The genre starts in the 1920s when Laurel and Hardy actually start making a bunch of movies where they are chased around by ghosts because did you know it's funny to watch a fat guy get chased by a ghost and then yeah, it is the beginning of that shot of a guy standing there and yelling at someone and then behind him a ghost appears and then the other guy is like like answer me when I'm talking to you damn it like which is just solid gold you know solid comedy gold now but they made a movie that was called Dr. Pickle and Mr. Pride. Mm. Do you get it? Do you fucking get it? In 1925, it was a silent black and white comedy. It starts like that. They have some of those. And then in the 30s, you have some also quote unquote horror comedies. And then Abbott and Costello, who are basically like a weird American rebrand of Laurel and Hardy with less rape allegations so far so far that we know about that's true it was old-timey hollywood so they just like had slaves at the studio that belonged to them you know you had to sign a contract they weren't called slaves though they were called child actors (laughs) they were called judy garland (laughs) just sign this this episode is dark i know what is this contract what does this contract say i don't know how to read don't worry about it it's fine but so abbott costello they make a bunch of ghost movies in the 1940s, yes. 19, right around post-World War II, because let's face That's it. That's what America needed. Honestly, after World War II, you're like, wouldn't it be funny if a Frankenstein tried to fuck the tall guy, which I assume is what that movie's about? I'm not entirely sure. But they do that, and then it kind of takes a break. Nobody does horror genre movies. There are some. We can get into a debate on whether Roger Corman movies count. We should probably talk about that just kind of as we go. We should preface this as well. There are a lot of movies that are trash and are therefore hilarious, but are not actually funny. They're mostly, what's the term I'm looking for? Unspeakable garbage. Abominations, right? And everyone has a horror movie they enjoy. Sleepaway Camp, where at the end, it turns out that the chick is a dude. And spoiler alert, <laughs> spoiler alert. And he's just tucked his dick between his legs. Yeah. And that's supposed to be the horror reveal at the end, which yeah, is big reveal. Guess what? We're transphobic and we made a movie about it. <laughs> if a guy pretends to be a woman, he also is a murderer. That's the whole plot of uh, Ace Ventura and the crying game. Thanks, Ebert. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into some Neil Jordan stuff later. So I think we're going to try to avoid movies that were funny because they're garbage and happen to be horror movies versus movies that are truly horror comedies. And that kind of comes back in the mid 70s where you literally have people who were kids when Abbott and Costello and Bob Hope are making these weird movies like Ghost Breakers and Ghostbusters and things that we're going to get into later because there'll be some interesting lawsuits. But you have these movies where they are doing horror and comedy on purpose 
It really starts in the mid 70s when you have Little Shop of Horrors and you have Rocky Horror Picture Show and Young Frankenstein. That's when the genre returns. That's when the genre takes off. That's when you create this whole new network of horror movies that are, I don't know, actually funny. If you haven't seen Young Frankenstein, you should probably see it. It still stands up. I think there's some stuff. Very funny. Terry Gar's real hot. Oh Um, my God, is she hot? Yes. Boyle. The put it on the Ritz scene is still. <laughs> pretty Who solid. plays uh, Igor? Oh shit, Martin. Yeah, I know. Skalecki. That's not a real name. That's the guy who from uh, who had that Wu Tang album he bought. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. And we'll get into some history of it, but we'll go over this. What was the first horror comedy you ever saw, Nick? First one I ever saw. Yeah. I mean, we were both born in the eight, early eighties, yeah, so it's true. probably Ghostbusters. Fucking know it is. Yeah. We were talking about this earlier. But Aykroyd truly is one of those dudes who figured out a genre and figured out. I know I'm talking about Dan Aykroyd. That's right. Who also tried to do it again with a little movie called Nothing But Trouble. And boy, did he nail it. (laughs) He stuck the landing on that. He was allowed to direct so many movies after that in the alternate timeline in which he didn't make. (laughs) It's hard to even talk about that movie. The best part of that movie is Tupac. It is. It's the same alternate timeline where 9-11 didn't happen and the aliens came and talked to us. <laughs> yes, they were like, you're not a bunch of territorial, dangerous monkeys who should be destroyed. Yeah, I was absolutely a huge Ghostbusters fan. Because also we were talking about this. So to be a true horror comedy, because the 70s start the genre in a way. And Abbott and Costello is not fucking scary, okay? With the exception of Abbott is clearly dying of alcohol poisoning slowly. And you're just watching that on screen. But outside of actual horror... Little Shop of Horrors is not scary. Other than maybe coming to terms with your own confused sexuality and how much you enjoy it, and also how much you enjoy show tunes, Rocky Horror Picture Show is not actually scary. And if you're a friend of Young Frankenstein... Then then you are not leaving your house more than likely. (laughs) There's something clinically wrong with you, and I'm very worried about you. But the true genre of horror comedy starts when Ivan Reitman has those guys go into the basement of what was granted was a studio in L.A., but it's supposed to be the main branch of the New York Public Library, and they go into that basement. And if you've never seen Ghostbusters, and I'm spoiling this for you, I feel sorry for you as well. You need to watch Ghostbusters immediately. And they go down there, and they see that ghost, and that ghost wigs out on them. I, as a small child, about lost my shit. You're not expecting that. And then the rest of the movie is fucking hilarious, with the exception of weird interludes and a scene in which a ghost tries to blow Dan Aykroyd doesn't attempt does it just <laughs> off screen everyone gives Aykroyd credit for writing that script but my theory is the only scene that stuck from the original script is the Aykroyd blowjob scene and he was like you could change everything else on this but I get to have the blowjob scene and they were like fine Jesus Christ you give me that guy just he's crying there's tears coming down his face the Zool scene is scary and the scene where all the arms come out of the couch and grab that's Sigourney what I'm Weaver saying. Scary. That's the Zool scene. That's what oh, I mean. I thought you meant the other Zool scene. No, the Gozer scene at the end is dope, but it's not really scary. I mean, all of this iconic shit is happening, and it's got this edge to it. They're using the theremin. They're using the spooky classic music, and they literally have brought back a genre that was totally dead, brought it into the 80s, and everyone was like, this is the shit that I fucking need. And then ever since, we've literally had that genre. And then after that, we can just go through ones we like. Because it created one of our favorite guys or allowed him to exist in Joe Dante because gremlins. It's like when Nirvana comes out and literally all of the music labels go to Seattle and Chicago and New York and L.A. and just buy up everything that sounds like a grunge band. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit if you're 14 years old. If you sound like a grunge band, we're buying your shit. And much like after Terminator came out and they were like, do you have a robot script? Do you have a robot script? We will buy it. We will make it. Do you have a scary comedy And I don't think Gremlins gets made 10 years before. It probably doesn't get made like 10 years after. But right after Ghostbusters comes out, they're like, do you have anything where a gremlin wears a page boy hat out of nowhere? That's what we need. I need something like that. And, you know, you get into the general idea of like. Gremlins came out the same year. Right. But what I'm saying is that. Did it? Yeah. Well, there goes that fucking plan. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? There's this. It was 81, you have American World from London and Evil Dead. Right. And then Ghostbusters comes out in like 
makes it family friendly. Right. There's no trees raping women. There's no fucking brutal transformation scenes. It's like it's more comedy with yes. like scary scenes instead of yes. just like straight up fucking horror. Yes. And yes. then after that, they figure out how to like interweave it like to like you said, a successful uh, genre where they can just make money, pump out the movies, and people will go see it. But like before Ghostbusters, it was a lot of just murder comedy, murder comedy, and then, right. You know, well, there's a little bit too. Like American Werewolf in London comes out in 1981, and then Landis is around. So, and also maybe the scariest thing out of it, you have the thriller video. No, that's ignorant, which is scary for a lot of reasons. Now, can't sex with those kids, you know. And they- I'm still not convinced. Oh, okay. Oh, you definitely did create an entire lure house. No way. So, I mean, Jaws comes out in 1975, and Jaws is scary, but also. Let's face it, has some it has some solid laughs. It does. I mean, it's got classic Dreyfus. Yeah. Like, they're all gonna die. And plus just, you know, the way the mayor dresses is hilarious. Oh my god. Dude, his blazer oh, when he's telling so them that they can't close the beaches. Yeah. I appreciated Spielberg at that moment more than I love Spielberg, but right there is one of those You're nailing this man. Because Evil Dead comes out. Does Evil Dead come out? Evil Dead Two come out by then? I think that's Evil Dead Two came out in like eighty seven. Okay, so it's a little later too, but even that, like Evil Dead 2 is full of blood. Yeah. It's still lighter than the first Evil Dead. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because the first one's genuinely terrifying. Yeah. I refuse but Bruce to watch Campbell, it. everything he does is funny. Chainsaw hands. And I mean, yeah. it's, it's still scary. It's still disconcerting. It leaves you feeling unwell for like a little bit after watching it. Right. But it allows guys like Joe Dante and then Tim Burton particularly because Beetlejuice is in my opinion, the next big seminal one. Like, Gremlins is a huge hit. Same thing, though, with Joe Dante. As much as I love Joe Dante, like, he's using the sort of spooky genre, but are you ever actually scared during a Joe Dante movie? I don't know. Like, it's spooky, but I wouldn't... The dream sequence in The Burbs is generally creepy, but it's not scary. He always has one, or that scene where in the school with the gremlin, where he doesn't know where it is and the projector is going. that's scary. Yeah, it's pretty, but it doesn't ever escalate to levels like Ghostbusters does or levels. No, because by the end, it just sort of turns into, um, it just turns into St. Patrick's Day. Totally. I would even say... Like with Beetlejuice, like the atmospherics are so good. And more are, than anything, Beetlejuice creates a world for mm, itself. And when you're in that world, which is just dead people. Yeah. And the fucking dude is like, how do I look? There's no mirrors on this side. Like, I feel a little flat. I feel a little flat. It's hilarious. But like, as soon as you're done laughing, you're like, oh, fuck. I think the spookiest part is when their agent, which I'm blanking on her name, takes them back to the house and they've been gone for a while. Yeah. And just sort of at the time moves differently. Like, you're a ghost. You Juno or cheeseburger? Yes, yes. And just spooky atmospherics like that that are not the entire- It's unnerving. It's unnerving. The entire movie is unnerving. I don't think it has a real jump scare of the whole thing other than maybe Beetlejuice showing them the thing with the snakes. Yeah. Or him just honking his dick. Yes, well, Um, (laughs) Alec Baldwin's outfit. I wore that for many years. (laughs) Uh, But um, my favorite joke in that and I didn't know it until I was older. In case I haven't mentioned this before, I'm Italian. There's a scene in there you where haven't, you haven't said spaghetti at all this entire episode. Hey, hey, my cool. Hey, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> so no, she's there and she goes, "What's wrong with this place? Seems yeah. nice. It's quiet. You should thank God you didn't die in Italy." <laughs> I agree. A lot funnier when you <laughs> when you're sneaking out of all your family Christmas parties. <laughs> Years later. Yeah. <laughs> and also the same thing with the horror comedy genre, that there are actual laughs at it, too, because there are plenty of things that say that they are horror comedies and that are trying to be funny, but are also garbage. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some exact examples, but I definitely. Vampire in Brooklyn. Ooh, Dracula dead and loving it. <laughs> Stop with the vampires, people. Tales from the Hood. Dead Snow. Oh, I apologize. Some people made that recently, but it was kind of trash. You know, Our it, producer just walked out of the studio. <laughs> There's one that also I, quotes around the word studio. <laughs> Sorry if you can hear me ruffling my sheets. There's ones that are on the periphery too, like killer clowns from outer space. I don't think it's no, it's not anything. Just because there's a clown in it doesn't make it a. Com- I mean, and it doesn't make it a comedy. Doesn't make it scary. Doesn't make it either. I understand clowns scare people, right? 
you know, I used it's to be fun to get high dogs. at Halloween and watch it with yeah. your buddies and be like, <laughs> but it's not part of, in my opinion, truly of the genre of horror comedies. Whereas by the nineties, it had become solidified and you'd get something like tremors where you have kind of this almost sitcom comedy with weird, spooky, low budget stuff. And with, let's face it, Kevin Bacon wearing a cowboy hat, which would get you a green light in like 1990. It's just, yeah, between that and um, the cowboy movie he was in with uh, Kevin Klein. Let me ask you a question. Uh, no, is it a town where kids can't dance in this? No, it's about worms in the ground. Let me ask you a question. Now, the worms in the ground, would they stop the kids from dancing? Uh, yes. Okay, uh, green light. You're just green light. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I love Broken Lizard Club, Dread also comes to mind of... <laughs> I have never hated a movie so much. Oh, really? Club Dread? Watching that until I... There's like two I was solid in, gags in that whole movie, though, that almost make it worth it. So it's like, what, five seconds each out of a 90-minute movie? The part where Bill Paxton freaks out because someone says, play Margaritaville, and he's like, okay. it's, it's been your Colada town! It came out a full year before! <laughs> I will give you that just because Bill Paxton, R.I.P. Yes. yes. He's a podcast hero he around is. here. He is. He's been on the show many times. I think also um, Reanimator falls in that category because it's not like a scary movie. It's just a mm-hmm. gory movie. And right. then like the comedy all comes at like not things you want to laugh about. Right. Like, oh, watch this. This decapitated head is going to force oral on this woman. <laughs> How funny. How hilarious. Rape. That's yeah. funny. That's Ghost some, written by Harvey Weinstein. That's some, don't take that out of context, Brad. Don't isolate that audio. That's the new intro. Well, you get into ones too where it's like... <laughs> Because then I'm just being a ghoul. Is The Good Son funny? Is that a funny movie? That's the unintentional hilarity. Yeah, you're right. Those are movies that are just don't quite understand. Especially the end when she's just like, Macaulay Culkin's hanging there. <laughs> Take my hand, Ma. Take my hand. She looks over at that fucking little elf. She goes, no, you're going to die. <laughs> I mean, it is solid gold. They're, is he an elf or what is he? I know I've actually he was a, seen Lord of the Rings. He was North. He was a hobbit in that. He's a hobbit. Okay. Yes. He was an elf in something that wasn't. There's he was a, an elf in North. That's possible. I don't really remember North all the way because the 90s become this free for all of it, though. You have like Tales from the Crypt. The TV show kind of has this element where there would be an episode that would be genuinely frightening. And then the next episode would just like have Luke Perry in it and be a joke. R.I.P. R.I.P. And then they'd make those movies. They'd make Bordello of Blood, which had a Joe Dante piece, which I can't really even remember. And by this point, the genre is so normalized that even mainstream is putting out trash levels. Like you said, Vampire in Brooklyn. Oof. They're just like, let's toss out a horror comedy. How about you do a horror comedy? How about you fucking just do one? And honestly, it starts to kind of die off by the late 90s with the exception of, now we could get into that, like talk about movies that are meta and whether they're comedies because one of our favorites that we talk about, Wes Craven, does a lot of stuff where he incorporates comedy and he incorporates meta-ness, but Scream is not, a comedy other than the fact that David Arquette is in it and had a career and got married to Courtney Cox and Rose McGowan's boobs are prominently displayed several times to just appease 14 year olds like me at the time. Is that comedy over the shirt? Yes, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you show the boobs, then you die. Oh, let's not forget Jamie Kennedy, too. Oh, oh I really oh, thought we yeah. could. Actually, no, I take it back. Scream is just comedy magic. It's genius. It's it's actually kind of genius, but not for that. It's, yeah. But because it's so meta, it creates another comedy horror genre, which is the parodies, which then all start to come out where you have scary movie, scary movie and scary, which was the original title Scream. Absolutely. Because you have all these, the resurgence of teen horror, then you have the resurgence of true horror comedy parody, the weird juxtaposition of things where in the 70s, you had these monster movies, these universal monster movies, and that was why Mel Brooks, that's where Rocky Horror, the exploitation Corman movies, that's where these come from in response. But in the 80s, you had just movies that were funny and were scary and that became a genre and people really liked it. And it lasted till about the mid nineties. And then it sort of split off into weird crap of itself. And then they had to parody it because it was so stupid by that point. And obviously, I mean, scary movie has hilarious shit in it. Let's face it. 
<laughs> there's several scenes. The scene where Rick Ducommon is explaining to Anna Ferris, who is his daughter, that how she has to step on a kilo of cocaine in order to sell it because he has to go out of town for a few weeks. And then the story about how he's a drug dealer. I just so much good shit in that movie, but it's I mean, I know it's your favorite movie. I know scary movie is I prefer scary movie too. Take my take my strong. Let me get, hand. Let me get that with my good hand. <laughs> Too strong. It's, I mean, to be fair, that was like, does anyone remember anything other than Chris Elliott's weird hand? No. <laughs> I will say there is one. I think it's the second one. They started with like an exorcist one right at the beginning. Yeah. And there's a bunch of white people around a piano playing songs and they start playing mystical. And then one white lady goes, this is my shit. And I just I, I greatly appreciated that as well. And we could go back through because we're, we're skimming over a lot of stuff. We're skimming over a lot of movies. It, please stop me if there's one that you want to talk about of the era, because we just went over like American Werewolf in London. Like it didn't exist. I love that movie. I absolutely love that movie. It's another one where if you haven't seen it, you kind of have to go see it. Yeah. So by the late 90s, it's pretty much or by the early 2000s, it's kind of toast. And then you have Shaun of the Dead and Shaun of the Dead comes out and Edgar Wright and that whole crew sort of retakes that thing and just jumpstarts the whole fucking thing again. And now I'd still say we're in a pretty solid horror comedy realm. You get so much shit, whether they're good or bad, it's still around now as like a fully solidified genre. Once again, Tucker and Dale versus evil, warm bodies, zombie land, dead snow, slither teeth, all this stuff starts coming out. Fido. And it's just around zombievers, zombievers, you know, uh, fucking Queen Victoria versus zombies or something. I don't fucking know. They, they, you know Krampus was good. Krampus was good. Cabin in the woods. Cabin in the woods is honestly maybe one of my favorite movies of the last 20 years, I think it's like 15. I don't want that movie come out. Uh, how old are we? What year is this? There's uh, this um, Paul Feig movie that came out in 2016. I really enjoy ooh. It's called Ghostbusters. Oh, oh are, um, are we going to talk about this? Melissa? No, we're not. I'm just making <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want anyone to be mad at me. I didn't hate Ghostbusters. I just, whenever you're playing with rebooting such a big series, you're playing with fire no matter what. I don't know if anyone knew that there was like a backlash about when they did Star Wars episode one. They did the prequels like one or two people got mad about that when they make new Terminator movies. Everybody gets mad as fuck about that. When you make a big time reboot of a big time franchise, I personally think you are always fighting an uphill battle. Like if I really think about it, it did deserve the ridicule that it got. It wasn't bad because it had an awesome all female cast that just got a terrible script. Are you still talking about episode one? Episode one is exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Misa no hodo like it. That's okay. kind of a horror comedy because you're like, Jesus Christ, my yeah. entire childhood is disappearing before my eyes. Are you an angel? Like, this is a Star Wars movie? Directed by D.W. Griffith. <laughs> yeah. George Lucas tears his mask off. I'm D.W. Griffith. I can never die. That's an interesting bit, though. That's the first horror comedy because Ghostbusters is the big, there are ones before it but it is the first one that they tried to reboot. That's interesting. And no, they did a reboot of evil dead. Yeah. But Sam Raimi did. And it's also kind of in universe too. It's a sequel, but it is not. You get into that kind of shit. That's like Abrams doing the star Trek thing where it's like an alternate timeline, but technically it's sort of, you know, you, then the nerds, I can be appeased possibly. Uh, so, so what you're saying, though, is an interesting element about horror comedy being this very thin line of being good or being garbage real fast. You don't have any sort of leeway like with, say, a straight rom-com, which if you get four or five decent laughs out of a Matthew McConaughey movie, your aunt probably has it on Blu-ray, you know, and she has four copies of Must Love Dog. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm you know, like there's How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Like it's pretty crappy, but there's no... That wasn't scary or that wasn't funny or that wasn't either or that wasn't enough of either. You know, you don't we've talked about this before, but horror has a certain pornographic quality where horror and comedy alone have a certain pornographic quality where pornography is to make you aroused. Horror is to make you frightened. Comedy is to make you laugh. And if it doesn't do what it's doing, then it's not that and therefore like ceases to exist as art, whereas a drama strangely could sort of exist with good acting and some writing and not really do anything and not really 
say anything, but could even people were like, huh, I kind of, huh, been, uh, you know, there's a lot of Melba Toast sort of Nicholas Sparks things that appear and people are like, eh. and no one hates it and it makes some money. But if your horror movie is not scary or not so bad that it is then funny retroactively or funny, you know, not funny, but also then, and then I get a nosebleed and I die on the podcast from trying to, what am I talking about? Hold on. I turned into Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I just take like a chalkboard and start smoking cigarettes. Like, now, if you take, grab those, and I draw lines between them. Yeah, it's, I don't know. What are you saying, Nick? About what? <laughs> about anything, man. <laughs> what's what's uh, what's a horror comedy in the last like five, ten years that you've liked? Something that came out. Last five, ten years. Yeah. Uh... Kevin in the Woods from our Scorny Weaver episode as well. I am not a huge fan of that. Mm. My favorite part of that movie was the two old guys in the beginning. Mm. The guys, oh, spoiler alert. The guys who run the thing. Yeah. yeah. The guys who run the world. Yeah, I like that a lot too. Yeah. There's also a really amazing uh, Friday the 13th video game for PlayStation 4, which is maybe one of my favorite things ever because they're so self-aware. They really understand what's going on and the kind of ghouls that they're dealing with. So you literally play as Jason and you hunt down teenagers and the entire time, like as you get close, it's like, kill, 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 kill them, Jason, kill for mommy. Like, and then you slap, hit a guy in the head with a machete. You're like, ha, 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 ha. It's, he's fucking dead. And then you realize how dark the world is and how dark this timeline is because you're like gut laughing at this. Uh, you're a ghoul yeah i know i'm well aware i'm well aware i liked krampus i liked get out is get out a comedy it wasn't supposed to be but <laughs> white people laugh at it and now it made it onto this list it got it onto the golden no, globes best picture for a comedy or a musical was it a musical yes i think my out of the last like 20 years or so it's definitely shown the dead mm. i like I mean, what we do in the shadows what we do in the shadows is amazing yeah what would you say is about Shaun of the Dead? I think Shaun of the Dead is the best zombie movie to come out in the last 20 years. Ooh. As much as I kind of have a beef with him about the vast majority of his movies, the only other one I'd put there is Zack Snyder and his remake of Dawn of the Dead, which I also like, kind of has some comedy beats in it. I liked Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, hmm. but it's like a reverse Oreo. I fucking hmm. hated the middle. Ooh. I like the beginning. I like all that shit with Sarah Polly, and I like when they leading up to getting to the mall and like mm. discovering the dude who's secretly bald. And then <laughs> the part where the dad from honey, I shrunk the kids dies or whatever. And they have to shoot him in the face. I felt I like guess that, it's the end of the first they act. waited too long for that to happen. <laughs> I wanted to see him die since honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> and then you make me watch a Zack Snyder movie to get the satisfaction. I find it more amusing that I cool. hadn't seen him since that. I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Wait, Is that Max headroom? That guy? No. Oh, no. Okay. No. It's the, this whole. You know what? This whole time I thought it was Max Headroom. It's the next door neighbor. It's like yeah. the yeah the other dad. You just totally the like Republican dad from <laughs> from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. It's like we use your Jew magic on my kids. That would be a good horror comedy. <laughs> the Republican dad next door. <laughs> That's not that funny, but sure, yeah, I'd watch yeah. it. What if the game show host who was a moron was a president? Oh my God! <laughs> Green light. Let me ask you a question, though. Um, no, no, no. Let me ask you a question. Um, can there be dirty dancing inside of this movie? I, I it doesn't. It's about a present. Let me ask you a question. Can there be dirty dancing inside of? The, yes, there could be dirty dead. Green light. Green light. Can you call it Havana Nights? What? <laughs> what if, dirty dancing. Nobody Havana puts Nights? Diego Luna in a corner. <laughs> we needed to be a sequel to something. Yeah. No. Shaun of the Dead is. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. It's. Edgar Wright truly loves zombie movies. And he loves horror movies, and he—that's re- the difference. That's where these movies yes. lose it. Is if you respect the genre that you're trying to fit the jokes into. Yeah. yeah. Edgar Wright loves fucking zombie movies. He loves George Romero movies, mm. and it shows. And like, there's that scene where they finally escape the house. And Sean's looking out the window and there's just that dude in the body bag wiggling oh, around yeah. trying to get out of the body bag. That is truly scary. That's like a zombie thing that should I'm surprised that wasn't in a zombie movie before. Also, the thing that I think he does even better than maybe some of the others we've talked about is that he has a nice touch or at least of like things that are heartfelt, but not too cheesy. Yeah. You know, that part where his stepdad is like, I tried to be nice to you yeah. after your dad died. Like. 
not right now. Yeah, like, I not know. the car. Like, <laughs> there's this, and it genuinely works. It you works. Know? It, uh, and then when he has to shoot his mom, it's yeah. genuinely heartbreaking. Right. Like, he keeps his best friend in a closet. Yeah. Which is, to be fair, how you keep me. So that that's not that weird. I told you not to bring that up on the air. <laughs> um, but you're right, though. It's what we were talking about earlier. It's Ackroyd. Loved Abbott and Costello. He respected Lo- yes. that idea of like taking bumbling buffoons, right. throwing them in front of monsters, yes. and letting them just do whatever they're But sp- that ghosts would be scary. Exactly. That, that he's also super yeah. into ghosts and aliens, and that it actually would be real. That, like, what if you took, you know, Abbott and Costello, but the ghosts were actually real? And it's the most genius thing he's ever done. It truly, it's transcendent, and he was at the height of his power, and all of those guys were. I'm very curious. Just one ponderance, because the movie was written for Belushi, so it's a little bit interesting. I wonder what that movie would have been like if Belushi was. Uh, <laughs> I think it would have been very similar, honestly. Yeah, you might. I think Belushi could have done a solid yeah. Bill Murray impression. I think he. It's just whether or not he would have, or whether he played Egot. I he, don't know. He would have been just sweatier. Yes, because there's also that Doug Keeney energy. Because it's all the Doug Keeney guys. It's Ramus and Reitman. And that whatever your inclination is to be too insane, this movie is insane. Pull back, which is also something that is kind of something that that led me to liking horror comedies was, yes, I'm a ghoul. But I always felt there's a little bit more subtleness in horror comedies because if they're really good and they're made by skilled people, they know there's so much banana shit going on that you have to pull back a little bit. I understand Young Frankenstein is great, but... I don't know how many more of those movies Mel Brooks could have made. You Marty know? Fieldman. Yes, right? So, <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, unless they stay subtle. There's a subtleness to Gremlins. Because shit is so bananas, everyone is playing it so straight, which is what I love about Dante. Like, it's... Oh, everybody plays it straight in all of his movies. Always. You know, and he'll have little bursts, these little old Hollywood bursts that are... When they find the femur in the backyard of the burbs. Oh, they and, zoom in uh, and, and zoom out is amazing. Ah! You know... <laughs> It's, also, while we're talking about this, we need to discuss just how scary that school scene in Gremlins is. Oh, absolutely. Both of them. Because like yes. when the teacher is looking for it yeah. and he gets killed, that's yes. scary. And then when um, his name is not Zach Galifianakis. It's like something. <laughs> his name is Zach, though. Billy, right? Billy. Yeah. Billy. Yes. Billy goes back into the school. Yes. And is essentially being hunted. That's scary as hell, too. Also, when his mom comes and it's in the kitchen. Oh, what, yeah, that's and, terrifying. And it jumps out and and then his mom puts it in a blender. Yeah. But that same thing, that Dante would go from something scary to immediately something awesome to immediately something grossly funny in like a 30-second beat. Yeah. And it just all sort of worked. And you could tell he was figuring out as they were making that to pull back because the original scene in that has the mom getting killed, yes. getting your head cut off. Yes. And in the background, you can see a gremlin from that original take dead the way that she kills the first one. So, like, they literally were just like, this is too much. We got to yeah. reshoot this right now. <laughs> like, they probably shot both. They were like, we're yeah. going to get a, like a super R, hard R if we do it this way. Which is funny because that movie's like PG because they didn't have... They have PG-13, though. Yeah, I Because it's like they would R-rate the shit out of that yeah. movie now, which makes us so much superior to children now. Did you hear that, you little fucker? <laughs> you like that? Yeah, I mean, I also saw Goosebumps. I don't know if you saw Goosebumps. It kind of was um, of movies that came out recently, still in the horror comedy genre. Jack Black is a national treasure and does his best to save I'm going to say something controversial. Uh-oh. I don't like Jack Black. <gasps> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this jacket is vintage. And if you tore it, I'll suck your nuts. I hired these guys two days a week. <laughs> that was six years ago. And they just started showing up every day. I don't know. I like Jack Black, but I get it. I get how he's sort of a weird character who people. I'm trying to think of like actors I don't like. I don't. Who are not just like crappy actors. I don't know. Who's a bad actor? Bruce Campbell. Fight me. No. <laughs> people love Bruce Campbell, though. They do. Is Evil Dead even a comedy, or does it just have Bruce Campbell in it? Evil Dead is accidental comedic moments that they yes. leaned into. Yes. Whereas Evil Dead 2, which I have a parody VHS on my wall <laughs> behind super producer Brian Tepps. Yes. And they also just redid Evil Dead in the beginning of it. So they realized what they were going to do. Right. And they made a comedy out of it. That's the movie that's the exception to the subtle rule, because like literally he argues with his cut off hand and then it chokes him. Yes. 
and which they, they would make a Devin Sawa movie out of later. Uh, <laughs> do we have to talk about it? I, idle hands. Do we? It's a masturbation allegory. Did you get it? I did. Yeah. <laughs> did you get they, it? Because they laid it on real thick. Yeah. Well, that's what killed it in the 90s was just like fucking goddamn allegorical bullshit just yeah. over and over again. There was a movie called, and I'm trying to remember the name. It was called like My Boyfriend's Back. You know oh, yeah. But yeah. The boyfriend dies and then he comes back to life and then she takes him to prom and he falls apart and then yes! he goes to heaven or some shit. Who is in that? Is that like Christy Brinkley? Like, who is that? like... It's Matthew McConaughey, right? No. He is definitely in it. Yes, he's in it. He's Philip, boyfriend, Philip Seymour though. Hoffman is in it. Tracy Lind. Yeah, it's definitely 1993. My boyfriend's back. Five on IMDb. 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's more than Nothing But Trouble. Matthew McConaughey is in it. Andrew Lowry. That's that fucking guy's name. Matthew Fox is in it. Holy shit. Directed by Bob Babylon. Balaban. Classic. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I lost so much respect for that guy so quickly. This is his fucking uh, Nothing But Trouble. Produced by Sean S. Cunningham, which is I love Bob Balaban. So do I. He's all right. He's doing fine. I don't know. That just popped into my mind where I was like, I guess this is a horror comedy because he's dead. I don't know. Yeah. There's what we were talking about. Vampire's Kiss. Isn't it funny to watch Nicolas Cage lose his mind on screen? It's terrifying. I, it's terrifying. It's he's genuinely, been doing it ever since. It's that was genu- 30 years ago. But that movie is genuinely scary. I would yeah. make an argument that I kind of was like unnerved. You, when we, we brought it up on the Nicolas Cage episode. Yes. Yes. You were generally uncomfortable discussing it. It's kind of scary. It's kind of like there's certain eras when you watch things from like the 80s and the 90s where he's freaking out or where people are freaking out. That was my Nicholas Cage impression. <laughs> yes. Nick's doing uh, hand motion jokes on a podcast. Thank you. I'm a visual artist. <laughs> all right. Thank you for that. There's certain movies in the 90s where like things happen and you're like, am I scared because the actors are scared? There's certain parts where kids are in movies, particularly back then. Like I'm trying to think of the movie where it is, but. Might have been the Goonies or something, but there's like a part where the kids are like close to like an electrified fence. And I'm like, that's not. Is that Jurassic Park? No, that's. <laughs> those kids are real close to those dinosaurs. That's yeah. A... Oh, God. Those they dinosaurs can actually be over bite there. Them. <laughs> those, those fucking dinosaurs. Those kids are real close to Wayne Knight. The Goonies could kind of count. I mean, let's face it, the Fratellis are scarier than most of the fucking horror things that I'm told are supposed to be scary. There's an idea like some murderous bank robbers are pissed off at you as children. It's more realistic than like if someone was like a werewolf's after you, like, yeah, werewolf's after you. It's like, no, you accidentally pissed off some murderous bank robbers who have nothing to lose. Which one would you rather have after you? I'd be like, yeah, werewolf, my dick. Like, that's not happening. I picked the werewolf. Also, guys, sometimes also, I hate Goonies. Like when it's a full moon, I wake up naked, covered in blood behind a 7-Eleven. Is that, does that happen to you guys? I don't know where any 7-Elevens are around here. <laughs> where, where am I getting my vape pens if we don't know where the 7-Eleven? There's no one over on Wicker Park. And Whenever then, we go there, I'm very drunk. That's true. Uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer laughs. Laughs out loud. Non-stop just nonstop. Laughs. Just Michael Rooker dealing out the laughs. Honestly, like we would get a ton of hits on YouTube if we put it up on YouTube and then put a laugh track at certain parts. Like, fuck still the bears. Be, it'll, still, <laughs> it'll still be funnier than uh, Big Bang Theory. Oh, hell yeah. I still think that maybe that bazinga is like some sort of weird, like old Sumerian magic word that they're using to like control us. That's a possibility. Everything they're talking about is dumb shit. Uh, we're not gonna, that's way down the years of our podcast. We just start talking about TV shows we hate. That's not. Or that's, if that's we not get one of those fuckers school. on the podcast. Oh, that's true. Um, you got any other ones? You Have you ever seen Critters? I haven't seen Critters yeah. in a I haven't seen Critters in a long time. Yeah, I haven't seen Critters since I was like a child. Yeah. So I sort of remember it being like, hmm. Dumb. <laughs> it's fucking dumb. It's a dumb movie. Yes. It's, but when they turn into a giant ball of critters and roll down the street, it it's is, like, oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. That's same, cool. Same with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah. Where they turn into a giant tomato and then attack George Clooney. I said that sentence, and that's real. And yeah. it's kind of worth it. And he's worth $180 million now. Yes. He has an Oscar. To two Oscars. Yes. One for directing. No, one for producing. One for choreography. One for Bob Fosse. <laughs> Um, it is interesting they keep like on a lot of the like big time lists oh the Frighteners that was what we were talking about Peter Jackson Peter Jackson in general also being a sort of weird oh, yeah. underdog Dead Alive, Dead Alive uh, Lord of the Rigs you know I, that other series that he made the hilarious Bad Hobbit ones which was a joke on us uh, it's a joke on you guys I've never <laughs> seen any of those movies or 
Lord of the Rings. Also, I'm going to have to... You haven't seen Lord of the Rings? Don't admit things like that on our movie podcast. I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, to be fair, yeah, you've seen a bunch of like Bertolucci movies I've never seen. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I've also never seen The Frighteners, which... Yeah. Oh, what was the one? Monster Squad. You Monster like that Squad. crap. Okay. For, I will also <laughs> I want to talk about Monster Squad and High Spirits, because I've seen both of these movies as a kid. Monster oh, Squad... you're from Long Island. Monster Squad. Hey, yeah, yeah, you see Monster Squad? I saw Monster Squad. <laughs> Thought it was dumb as fuck. So, <laughs> saw Monster Squad as a child. Loved it to the point yeah. where my parents named their beagle Petey. Oh, my God. That's I amazing. I wanted to name him Xavi because we got him the day yeah. that Spain won the World Cup. I don't have a lot of friends. That's but um, rewatched it when I got older. The entire movie is a giant plot hole. Oh, yeah. There's nothing connecting any of the scenes. It's like if Zack Snyder was a child and yes. made a film. Yes. It's insane. That is a very good way of putting it. I remember distinctly my cousins were like, this movie's too scary for a little dick nose like you. Yeah. You can't watch this. It's too scary. And I was like, I mean, I was joking. I was like six or seven. I was like, this isn't scary. And it, like by that point, my dad had let me watch like Aliens. So I was like, I can watch this. And then I watched it. And I literally been with her. I was like. Are you guys scared of this shit? Is this really genuinely frightening you? Because you guys are fucking wieners if you are. The only part of the movie that I thought had any type of like jolt to it yeah. was when Rudy, you know, the cool guy who's hanging out with a bunch of fourth graders <laughs> while he's in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get some she, friends, Rudy. Hey, you guys want to wrestle later? He has to kill yeah. the lady vampires. Yes. And like is literally stabbing them in the heart with uh. the fucking thing. And it's like, that's the only bit of acting he does in that movie. He looks genuinely scared <laughs> and like upset he has to do that. Yeah. But the movie's complete trash. But I get what you're saying. It's There's a weird bit because we were kids in the 80s because our brains formed then. It's weird that you watch movies like, say, Ghostbusters or Gremlins and they stand up so well now. They're still funny. They're still well made. They look better than CGI. And yet, then sometimes you watch Monster Squad and you're like, is that guy dressed up like actual fucking Dracula at the beginning yeah. of this fucking movie? Yeah. He's actual Dracula? And I'm supposed to be terrified of this? <laughs> the kid does an anagram and he figures out it's Dracula. <laughs> like, are you serious? Is Look, we're the American public education system. We're products of it too, okay? It would have taken me like two weeks to figure that out. I'm still working on it, actually. <laughs> they, they did it so quickly, I didn't figure out how I got it. But Drink your oval tea. I'm trying to think of other ones like that, because there were so many. There's so many movies like that where they know kids are going to watch it, mm -hmm. and they can literally just throw scenes right. at the camera, right. and the kids will go, oh, okay. Yeah. And some of those studios, Canon Films, Coleco, ones that were making... Movies sometimes it would come out in theaters, but primarily were a lot of direct to VHS. That was like if we put a scary slash funny thing slash hot girl on the cover, some horny eleven year old. I'm pointing at myself. I'm pointing at you. I'm pointing at Brian. Will rent this based on a monster hot chick thing, funny thing. It's like they'll rent it. Also, you get into things like, uh, let's face it, one of my favorites, Child's Play. The original one is still awesome. Still stands up. It's Dorf, right? Brad Dorf? Brad Dorf. Brad Dorf, yes. Uh, Dorf Goes Fishing is not a horror film. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. to Dorf. Yeah. R.I.P. But Brad Dorf from Dune, you know, he kind of really it puts this energy into the character as like an evil stand-up comic. And then by Bride of Chucky, you are at full tilt. This is not a horror movie at all. This is a weird comedy take on marriage and... I mean, still, you know, him and Jennifer Tilly are killing people, but I love Child's Play as a child. I thought it was the scariest part of the original Child's Play for me was watching like a seven-year-old kid ride the green line by himself in like Chicago in the 90s. And I was like, I don't know if this is such a good idea. <laughs> like, because even if I was like hanging out with my uncle, my uncle was like being weird because there's like a guy shooting heroin on the green line. Like, let's get off. Uh, let's not get off of this stop. Like, let's, uh, let's wait. Let's. <laughs> Like, oh, okay. There's a couple of those, but, you know, and then you just have classic horror comedies. Also, I would toss, there's an interesting one. I know there's debate on whether Toby Hooper or Spielberg, who actually directed The Poltergeist, but the fact that The Poltergeist has this kind of fun Spielberg energy for the first act and then turns horrifying and women are getting raped by trees or whatever, that there's a, a, a clown attacks people in that. And whether those fall into the horror comedy genre, I don't know. It's it's just by that point. I, don't know. I think anything with Craig T. Nelson is a comedy. Except for Coach. Yeah. <laughs> or the NRA meetings that he shows up at. Is that real? Yeah, he's kind of a weird guy like that. 
He's kind of like a weird Second Amendment guy. Oh. He's always walking around. He's got two guns. He's not wearing any pants or underwear. He's just wearing a coach t-shirt and two guns on a belt. Well, you just <laughs> came with my easy Halloween I'll, I'll, costume. I'm not leaving Target until you kill me um, from my cold, dead hands. He's just holding on to his dick. Um, you got any other horror comedies? That, um, uh, I think we left out a couple. Also, they're both part sixes. Mm. It is Friday 13th part six, which yeah. is... They knew they're not making anything scary, but it has elements of like a good scare, but yes. the, it's very meta horror. And then, of course, there is Freddy's Dead. Yes. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 6. Yes. Which ends with 3D glasses that I never got my pair of. <laughs> Wes Craven, I know you're dead, RIP, but I still want my 3D glasses. He just shows up as a ghost. Ah! Ooh, shut the fuck up. Which oh, was good. Fuck you guys. Or was that Clive Barker? I don't even know. Um, no, that was Wes Craven. It was Wes Craven. I was right. But yeah, that's true. We were talking about this too. I have a soft spot for Friday the 13th. Also, after the first Friday the 13th, they sort of lead into a guy in a wheelchair getting hit in the head with a machete. And then you watch yeah. a dummy in a wheelchair go down a flight of stairs and two people are having sex and Jason comes in and stabs through them. So they are stuck together and it's ghoulish. Yeah. It's not what you would call like waka waka, like, but they clearly are not any longer really trying to frighten you. They're trying to just no. add some violence and mayhem to. I, as a fat person, I think it's funny that in every Friday 13th from part three until whatever, there's always just some like sulking fat guy who bumps in the Jason and doesn't realize it. Oh, sorry, mister. Oh, I'm just a sulking fat guy. <laughs> sulking fat What's guy. What's that? And Sul- then he's nailed to a fucking door. <laughs> Sulking fat guy and trusting hippie. Yes. You guys just need to cool out. I'm going to go check the power. We'll smoke a dupe. It's not a big deal. And then he goes like, how does power work? Oh, I'm a hippie. And then fucking kill him. Cut his dick off for me, Jason. And then fucking, and then and then some girl shows up later, and like he still has like the blood burning in his mouth, <laughs> but the machete like because how many machetes is Jason? That's one of Jason's powers. He just regenerates machetes. He just sort of always came back to life in a Lowe's. <laughs> he came in at eighty. Yeah, Camp <laughs> Crystal Lake was near a lot of Home Depots. <laughs> A machete factory. They forgot to <laughs> tell you that there's a, a machete. Don't go over there. That machete factory on the side of Crystal Lake. Just too many goddamn. <laughs> Told you, kids. Yeah. I would say also, Pet Cemetery has the part where that kid gets hit by that truck, and I'm not supposed to laugh at that. Fuck you. No! Uh, fuck you, Hollywood. I and fucking... then that kid comes back to life, and he's that kid who I always forget that child actor, but and I'm supposed to be frightened of him. I. First of all. I think Pet Cemetery is what you mentioned earlier about dramas. Yeah. Because it's not scary. Yeah. That movie to me, when I watch it now, I watch it like, I've been watching like 15 years or something. Mm. I was sitting there like, this is just like a documentary about bad parenting. It kind of is. It kind of is. And it's like in about being an idiot. About yeah. Just being a more like, don't we do got that. this house dirt cheap. I wonder why. It's kind of a... <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of also about white people just doing white just, people things because yeah. there's always the thing it's like don't go in that house you'll die in that house this is another, like shut up and this then- is another viral video we should do because we're going to add the laugh track to henry <laughs> we should add the friends theme to a super cut of fed cemetery i would watch that yeah i'd watch that boom 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 no <laughs> Sometimes okay. dead is better. Yeah. And it's just like he's obviously Chandler. <laughs> fucking Munster. The, yeah. the guy from the Munsters is the, the fucking Excuse no, me, Joey. The Utes. <laughs> yeah. Don't go over that. I always feel like, as much as I love Stephen King, I always feel like he thinks he's like way funnier than he is. So there's always like, maybe if I put some waka waka stuff in here, maybe a little bit. Of <laughs> and you're like, this is, I don't know why you're doing this. Uh, it's probably, there are scenes in the book of the oh, show. I know why he thinks he's waka waka funny. Cause he's drunk. Cocaine. Yeah. back. Well, but there's scenes in the book of the shining where Jack Torrance like has weird conversations with the devil slash ghosts bartender. And, they're like these really intense, weird conversations that are like, I guess if you're high as fucking cocaine, you think are hilarious. And I bet you, I swear to God that like the main difference of really what got cut out of the book into the Stanley Kubrick version was like those stupid ass conversations. Yeah. And I guarantee you, like, he was like, you're ruining it. You're ruining it. And Stanley Kubrick's like, listen, 
Those seeds are dumb. Yeah. I am Stanley Kubrick. I know what I'm talking about. So don't worry about it. I have to go drive several of the actors insane. So don't worry. Okay. Shelly, do it again. <laughs> we already did it. It's like, I won't let you out of the closet. Do it again. We got it from every angle. <laughs> it's seamless. Well, I think we did a pretty good deep dive on horror comedies. Brian was laughing the entire time. Everyone thought it was great. It's our greatest episode ever. And let's do a little segment we're called the Blockbuster Picks here for our employee picks. Of your horror comedies, Nick, what would you put on your Blockbuster Picks wall? I'll do top four. Okay. Four is Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Three is Evil Dead. Okay. Two is American Rules in London. And the one and the only... Tom Hanks classic mm. that he won two Oscars for. Yes. The Burbs. The Burbs. Yes. Yes. The Burbs is the movie that keeps my family together. <laughs> That's fair. I appreciate that. What was the other one you said? King Ralph. What were you saying the other day? King House Ralph. Party. House Party. House Party. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. House Party. My father, Miles, has House Party on VHS. VHS taped off of the movie channel. DVD and another DVD because we didn't solid. realize he had a DVD. It's, it's not on Blu-ray. It's not on Blu-ray? You can only buy it if you buy all four of them. Oh, okay. And I'm not going to do that. Fuck you, George Lucas. Yeah. I would say, okay, top four horror comedies, four Beetlejuice, three Shaun of the Dead, two Ghostbusters, one The Burbs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> can, Welcome, Ray, can Ray the, come out? No, Ray can't come outside until he resembles the man we married. Karen, we don't have that kind of time. Anyone around here see an ice pick? <laughs> it's me, Skip. Okay, well, that wraps up our episode on the horror comedies. Uh, hit Which us was... up on Facebook. I'm sure we forgot some. We'll talk about them next time. But I had a great time. Nick, did you have a great time? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say great. Yeah, it's hard running an entire film school. All right, it's been a pleasure teaching you this evening. Or if you're listening to this during the day, I don't know. Do you do you? Okay. Time is irrelevant. It's a weird timeline we live in. Uh, I love you all. Drive your car real fast. Take chances. Do drugs. Um, We'll see you next week. Blockbuster Film School.